This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And you came up with something that was mentioned at the Anton Retreat that I then repeated that has hooked your attention and intrigued you that you want to talk about. Yes, yes. It hooked my attention because it's one of those subjects that it's like a showstopper, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it either intrigues you or pisses you off. Maybe both. Yeah, well, you know what? That's the only two responses I've ever gotten. So let me just say what it is. I am God. Now Sounds so arrogant. It does. It does. If you just take it that way. You know, if you, it depends on how open minded. For example, the first time I heard that was maybe, I want to say in the 70s or 80s, but certainly not after that. And Reverend Ike said it. You know, he's just amazing anyway. And when he said that, I thought, well, rather than, and people got angry and all freaked out about it. And I said, well, let's see what he means by that. And so I started to study it. You know, and it's like an amazingly freeing and wonderful concept that mm-hmm. will put you to me light years ahead of where you are spiritually if you're willing to be open and to, you know, just look at it objectively. Okay, well, let's jump into the Wayback Machine and you can maybe reflect upon or try and explain what you understood Reverend Ike to mean when he said, I am God in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, well, when it was a brand new idea then, I understood it after. Let me use this analogy that is used right now, and it'll make more sense. You've heard that we are not a drop of the ocean, but we aren't the ocean in a drop. Mm-hmm. And Very poetic. That, yeah, yeah, and that's just so beautiful because even though right now I may not feel like the ocean, or I may not feel like God. Let me have all the attributes that God has and everything that God has. I do, but because of my being human, sometimes I'm not able to access it or release it or allow it to emerge or take center stage or whatever you want to call it. I'm still human, Mm -hmm. but in that there is still the option, the opportunity, the possibility that if I can calm myself down, I use that term a lot, calm my little self down and think and allow the ocean to flow, you know, then there comes God, you know, then there is the God that I don't have in my human space. I'm not sure if that's correct, but I'm just trying to explain it. And it's wonderful because 
it's in you, it's in everybody. Mm -hmm. And well, there, there's, I, there's so much that you brought up and so many different paths that we can go down. <laughs> I'm kind of interrupting so that you don't create four more and I have to remember what they all are. <laughs> yeah. And the first one is fear and the fear that gets kicked up by people imagining what comes, what is the next sentence or what is the continuation of the sentence? I am God, mm -hmm. you know, is it, and you're not, <laughs> I am God. And what does that mean? And there's all the implications of what that means. That is what I think is stirring up all of the resistance to that. And that's okay because it is a bold and way out on the leading edge statement to say, I am God. So now the second approach, we take it to principle, the new thought principle, which is, this is unity. There's one, there's one creative power, one divine presence. There's one love that shares itself as all of its creation. And as part of that creation, the second step that we get to in a practical prayer is having identified that there is one. We identify that because there's one, I'm part of it. Carol is part of it. Everyone listening is part of it. Everyone is part of that one. Well, if the one is God, then I am part of God. So I am God in the sense that everything is God and I have to be. That's the whole basis of the teaching. That's what we're talking about every week as we're doing this. So the essence we want to get back to is what does that mean? Now to arrogantly claim I am God, like there's no separation. I have all of that at my fingertips seems like we're claiming something that might be bigger than we're entitled to. But again, that's the fear of the person who's hearing it. Maybe the fear of the person who's hearing it coming out of their own mouth, because it's a pretty intimidating thing to say. Let's say this. When I first heard it, of course, I was like, what in the world is he saying? He's saying he's, you know, God. And does he mean that he's now bigger and better than everybody else? And then in the very next second, I thought, well, suppose that's not what he's saying. Suppose he's saying something else. And I wanted to try to figure that out because can you possibly be that arrogant? Well, suppose you're not. So I want to know. <laughs> and when I took the posture that you're, he's probably not being arrogant, he's just saying something that I need to, you know, kind of break this up and see what this means. And when you look at the Bible, you know, the Bible says that we are the temple of the living God. And that's not the only scripture that expresses that. So if you believe it, then let's go down that path and see what that means. What does it mean? If you're the temple of the living God, this is a temple, God is in it, you know, so you're just saying it a different way. You don't get all upset about it. What all of the principles of God are within me, if you prefer to say it that way, like, what's the difference, you know? And I think people even choke on that because we're not good enough to be God or have the principles of God or the attributes of God. I mean, it's right there in scripture. I mean, this is not a Bible study, but we could go down that road. And it's irrefutable, actually, if that is your authority. And a lot of people see it that way. So come on, what are we scared of? And I always feel like this, if you're not right, you know, God's big enough that we'll be corrected. But what if mm -hmm. we are correct? The part that I want to get to is, and the notion is, you know, a drop in the ocean or the ocean in a drop. And the model, the framework that we have is there's a raindrop. Okay. And you're a raindrop. And as we're a raindrop, we're individualizing. We can tell because we're a drop falling from the sky and then into the ocean. 
When we get into the ocean, we become undifferentiated from the rest of the ocean. We are still everything that that drop was, but there's no boundaries anymore. And so there's the drop in an ocean, the ocean in a drop. And the whole idea behind I am God is that there is no difference. There mm -hmm. is no difference between the drop and the ocean. It is our perspective that makes it so. And the important part about I am God is that everything that is available and accessible anywhere is available and accessible to us. And it basically bumps up the teaching that we're doing to that next level to really claim our truth, to really claim the power that we have and that we are, and be open to the grandeur that is the truth about us. Now, a lot of people want to shirk from our grandeur. It's like, well, I'm kind of God, I'm part of God, I have some God-type stuff, but, you know, I'm not perfect, da 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 and then ducking our goodness. And I am God, claiming that, really pushes us to our edge. Exactly. But it's like, sometimes people like to make things more difficult than they are. So I love the ocean, you know that. And I'm there every chance I get. And I'm out there, you know, playing around in it sometimes. And if you just, when I first heard this, you know, the way I, the ocean and a drop, drop in the ocean, I had a little bucket with me and I looked at the bucket of water and I thought every single property that the ocean has is in this bucket. Every single, every single property, every single molecule, whatever you're going to call it, that's in the whole ocean is in this little bucket, just in smaller quantities, but it's still the same. And when I looked at it like that, I felt very powerful because I am everything that God is, no matter how you look at it. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk some more about oceans and buckets and drops and God. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. He'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And I am God. And... <laughs> and you are God. And we all have exactly the same claim on I am God as big and bold and audacious and arrogant as that may sound. But it does, after you study it for a while and think about it, it really doesn't sound all that big and audacious. It really doesn't. Because, and this is not the scripture that I would use to kick off this conversation, but probably sneaks in a little bit that we're created in the image of God. So you want to look at that word image beyond the visual image, but image in every respect. 
then there it is. And it's like, God doesn't have any problem with it, so why do we? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's, you know, the notion of hiding our light under a bushel. If we are that bright light of God's love, then anything that we're doing to diminish that is actually working against God and our own God nature. It has no place. Hiding the truth or ducking from it, it doesn't serve anyone. So it's just, I am God takes it way out to the edge and hopefully pushes people's buttons a little bit. Oh, it does. I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> Check the website later on to see what the, you invited people to leave their comments. I'll bet they will. Yeah. And as I was getting read in on this in the last week or so, the notion that I came down to is that this is very much a shift from Newtonian physics to quantum physics. Because in Newtonian physics, it's all about particles and waves and things that are separate and distinct and individualized interacting together. You know, and we think about it like some kind of a cosmic pinball machine with pieces bumping into each other and moving away from each other and orbiting each other and that. And that's a very effective way of describing what's going on in the universe. And quantum physics is telling us that there is something deeper going on the Newtonian physics is part of the quantum physics, and the quantum physics goes all the way to the core. That's basically the oneness. Everything started as an idea, and that idea is now manifesting as energy and as matter. And it's the way that it's being arranged and the way that it's being experienced is all a matter of consciousness. And so that's what quantum physics is telling us. In Newtonian physics, if you take a, and I love this, the visual, if you have a picture, a photograph of a rose, and you cut it in half, you will have one picture that's a half a rose and another one that's the other half of the rose. And then you cut one of those in half, you get a quarter of a rose and you keep on and going and going and going. And you can divvy it up into lots of little pieces. This is the magic of the jigsaw puzzle. That's how the jigsaw puzzle works. If on the other hand, the film that you're starting with is not a photographic print, it's a holographic print. You see the image of the rose in the holograph and a hologram is an interference pattern. So it's how the light interacts to make an image. And if you cut a hologram of a rose in half, you wind up with two holograms of a rose. They're just smaller. And if you cut one of those in half, you wind up with another hologram or two holograms of a rose, the full picture. It's just smaller. And the notion of I am God really applies to that. We are the totality of God. It's not like I have access to some of the God qualities because of the way that I'm living my human life. We are all of that divine presence in a small piece, but all of it is accessible to us. And it's a different way of thinking about it. And that sort of thing just makes me want to go out and get myself a hologram to cut into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about, I edit videos a lot and I don't know, it's one piece that does whatever it does. And no matter how I chop it up, it's still, the same, you know, it'll still show up if I chop it in 10 pieces or just one, it'd be exactly the same. Mostly it's text or something like that. And to me, that's really, really comforting because when I'm going through some stuff of whatever it is, I mean, that's just life, you know, I'm doing some going through life right now and I feel overwhelmed. I just sit and think about, does God get overwhelmed? So <laughs> since God is within me, it must be Carol being overwhelmed. 
let me step back and let God step forward. And I know it's not a dual thing, you know, because it's hard to explain it like this, but I absolutely acknowledge that God is within me and I can allow or not allow the expression of God in me. You agree with that? Mm -hmm. You can acknowledge or not acknowledge. It's going to be there. It's so going to be say, there, but... It, there's, well, there's no God essence inside of me. It's like, yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll say, like, I'm not thinking God right now, or God, yeah. I'm just getting all in God's way. And I just know it at this point, what to do with it. It doesn't mean that it's easy by any means, but I've already gotten that threshold that that's what it is. So I don't have to pray and wait for God and hope for God or measure up for God to intervene. I just need to chill a minute and mm -hmm. say, you know, what is God doing here right now that I'm getting in the way of or, you know, hiding the light or however you want to express it. And it's just a really powerful belief to have in your belief system. And you got to watch out because it's going to change your life in a really powerful way. We have a lot of stuff in our belief systems. And you have one of those classes coming up. I saw it. The spiritual adventure classes. The spiritual adventures. Yep. We're doing spiritual adventure workshops. And one of them is about belief system. You know, if I can work out anything in my schedule, I'm going to be there because <laughs> there's a <st> <laughs> really, I wish I could say I'd know it, but I'll work some things out. And your belief system, there's a lot of stuff in there that gets in the way, but also knowing that making God a part, God's presence, the practicing the presence of God, making that a part of the belief system now, now the playing feels a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But you got you know, but you can't be afraid of it. We as individuals, as humans, have the ability to forget our divinity. We have the ability to duck it, hide from it, ignore it, pretend that it doesn't exist. And we are free to choose that. It doesn't change the nature of our divinity. We are that divine power and presence expressed in our own particular way. But when we deny it or forget it or ignore it, then we are able to live a life that seems like it's not connected with the infinite. And that's okay because free choice is part of that divinity. That's part of our consciousness. We're able to believe in separation, in which case we experience separation even though the only separation that exists is our belief in it. <laughs> I don't like pain, you know, I okay. don't like, I don't like pain and struggle. So if you tell me that there's a way around it or through it, I'm all ears. And when I discovered a uh, new thought and a lot of the principles that are taught in new thought, I said, wait a minute, you know, this will help me in a situation that I'm in or getting through, and it makes a whole lot more sense than me struggling because me struggling is not working here mm -hmm. and it's painful and I don't like that. So is there another way? And if you believe that in the omnipresence and the omnipotence, you know, all power, God has all power. I'm not scared to pull on that, you know, and say this, what I'm going through is not God. <laughs> well, it's so, all God, but not God in a way that you're enjoying it. And that's okay. Okay. We'll say it your way. If anybody is entitled and empowered to say, I am God, that means it has to mean that everything is God. So even the stuff that we don't like, which 
gets back to there's actually pain serves a very valuable purpose, as you have noticed. So if somebody is walking across the beach and the sun is particularly bright and the sand is particularly hot, then they'll go, ow, and their body will tell them it's uncomfortable to be walking on the sand at this temperature. And I actually heard the story over the summer of somebody who had got second degree burns on her feet from the sand. Well, not sure exactly what the circumstances were, but I would guess that it wasn't a single step onto the sand, ouch, that's too hot, and then stepping back and wound up with second degree burns. It was probably somebody who felt the pain, it's really hot, I've done this before, I'll be able to make it over to the beach chair. <laughs> the purpose of the pain is to say, don't do that, or choose something different, or back up and get your flip-flops, you know, or whatever the guidance is in that particular moment. The pain serves as a guidepost and a guardrail to keep us from going and doing things that are going to be damaging to our physical being, certainly, but also to our emotional body and our spiritual body. If I'm doing something that's cruel or mean to somebody else and I recognize it, it's because it makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel the pain of doing that and then I get to do something different. Okay. I know you can't imagine me doing something mean, but up on well, this pedestal, right? But I did spend an entire career in morning radio where my job was making fun of people. And it was pretty slash and burn mean-spirited humor. It was very funny, but I can't do it anymore because it's too painful for me to be a participant in any way, whether I'm telling the jokes or listening to the jokes or having them aimed at me or being able to aim them at somebody else. I can't play anymore. This is going to take us to another broadcast because I think we're... <laughs> <laughs> Because it's not protecting God. I'm not protecting God. But if God moves in me, through me, as me, through my personality, then my personality can certainly reflect something that is less than the nature of God. And I know, I think you and I kind of are on different sides of the street on that, which is okay, by the way. <laughs> but I think that... If it's all God, then all of the destruction... And all of the pain and all of the disease that's ever happened is God as well. And that's where we probably would part company when it comes to that. Because we have a free will, we have a nature, we have a personality. And I'm just talking about me, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything that's going to destroy the world or hurt anybody really badly, but I hope. No current but plans I, anyway. No, nope. <laughs> but I do... <laughs> But I do have thoughts that are less than what I would like them to be. And when I step back from what I say is myself and say, what is the higher self in me? I see a different Carol. I make a different decision. So I do think that I can be at war with myself, you know, in that regard, or maybe at war with spirit in a sense. But when God created me, he created me, you know, this is me. And me is different than you and everybody else. But there is God. And I think our consciousness is as strong as we allow. We can decide when to step back. And you use the term ego a lot. I didn't use that, but I do now because I'm just simply giving my lower nature a name, I suppose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you use the notion, I am God, does that call you to be more fully present as your best self? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a chair, you know, that I, 
is my chair when I really need to stop myself, meditation and all that. And I will sit there and say, now, who is preeminent here? You know, especially when I'm going through some crap, right? Because, I mean, I can be pretty headstrong at times and controlling in a lot of ways. Not intentionally bad, but it's just the way it is. That's just me. It's how I got here. That's how I was wired. I said, God created me. I don't apologize for it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always work. And it's up to me to know that. And is this a God thing working in me? Or is this a Carol, you know, a nature of Carol ignoring the higher self, the more excellent way of doing things? Hmm. And usually she chills. <laughs> she chills. Okay. Like, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Let's take another break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to do a prayer and it's going to be about rocking our God self. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And the topic this week is I Am God. A big, bold, audacious claim that is scary to a bunch of people and arrogant and off putting to other people. And once we get on the inside of it and are able to claim the truth of our God nature and to wear that title of I Am God without it being limiting for anybody else, without saying, I am God and you're not, the Chevy Chase line, you know, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not, I'm God and you're not. It's not a comparison. It is an acceptance and an ownership and a recognition of the truth what we are. So let's do a prayer about that. And the prayer is not about being any more God-like than we are. Because if the truth of the matter is that I am God, and that is the case for each of us, we can't pray to be God. If it starts out being true, then the prayer is completely unnecessary. And if it's not true, then the prayer is not going to change it. But we can remind ourselves of that truth. We can remind ourselves of the truth of the nature of the universe. So let's take that into prayer and know that there is that one infinite creative power, that one divine presence, that one love that shares itself as and through and in all of its creation. Everything is that one sharing itself as its creation. 
we take it back to the beginning. There was darkness and void and God. Just God. God and nothing else. The rest of it was, see above, dark and void. Empty. And then God said, let there be. And things began coming into being. The only thing that existed before they all came into being was God. In the story of the Big Bang, there's the singularity. One impossibly dense singularity that began expanding and exploding and recombining with itself to create everything that exists. It's all that one. Everything is that one. It's all the God of darkness and void. It is all the singularity of the Big Bang. It is all, we are all that one. Everything that exists everywhere is that one shared in its own specific form. So there's no question about where we came from. Everyone listening to me, everyone within the sound of my voice, and everyone everywhere is an expression and unfolding a recombination of that divine God essence in specific and particular form. Everything is God's divine love expressed in its own way. We are each individualizations of that God essence. So when I say I am God, I say that on behalf of myself and each one listening, I am God. And it must be true because there is nothing else. There is nothing but God. And to the degree that that awareness of our divinity, of our I am Godness, if the awareness of the authority and the power and the prestige and the influence and the presence that we are brings it more and more into our awareness, then serving its purpose. As we claim I am God, we get to step up to that next highest and best expression of our godliness, inviting in good and more good and more good to our experience and to the experience of everyone we come in contact with. It shows up in so many, many different ways. It shows up in our health and our vitality, our experience in this physical plane of being. It shows up in our experience of prosperity and sufficiency and enoughness in our lives. There is plenty. And as that divine presence, we are heirs to all of the good that we are willing to accept. The same thing applies to love. There is love and harmony and goodness and connection and depth available in every moment. And I claim it for each of us in whatever way is going to bring richness and joy and happiness and uplift into our lives. And in our creativity, the way that we are taking that divine creative power and channeling it to bring something new and wonderful into our experience. That's all happening now for each of us individually and all of us together. When we claim, I am God, we are taking ourselves to that higher place, knowing the truth of who and what we are and allowing that divine creative process to create something new and wonderful as us, through us, with us and for us. So we rock our I am Godness. We accept that mantle and we invite the good to unfold in even more rich and wonderful ways. I'm grateful for all the good. I'm grateful for the willingness of each one to step into the truth of who we are. And I'm grateful to be able to speak this word and release it into that creative law that creates everything. And to know without any question whatsoever, it's now creating this. This good is underway now. This awareness is enhanced and uplifted now. And so I let it be. And so it is. Amen.
The Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.